It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back in the Fantasy Football Zone. PJ along with Jake Latarski, Rotowire.com. And here we are. It's the end of the season. Let's recap this thing. Yeah, this is definitely one of the more unique fantasy seasons. Obviously, everyone has their fair share of injuries. Uh, I think for me, what really makes it stand out was just the COVID situation in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. you had to be a really savvy, active manager to win your league this year. And and if you managed to do so, I mean, a double congratulations uh, from us here. And uh, and and hopefully we were able to help a little bit here. Um, but it was uh, it was a wild week, 17, 18. It's glad to be back, though, and wrap things up. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing you're going to remember as a fantasy manager, those guys, those performances that helped you, especially on the championship weekend. I mean, I'll always remember Todd Gurley against the Seahawks a couple of years ago when he went off. He helped me win a championship because of that performance. And there were quite a few in this last one that I think people are going to remember these guys for a while. Uh, especially, I remember we discounted the Lions. If you have a line, he ain't really going to help you out. But Amron St. Brown probably helped a lot of people win a championship that weekend. The sun god, right? I yes. mean, he came out of pretty much nowhere. And then after week 13 on, he started looking like a stud. So. He, it becomes really difficult to consider like, okay, where are people going to take him next year? I yeah. Mean, people are, people are saying third round, fourth round, you know, the situation seems to be pretty similar and he's really breaking out. But I know people do have to remember a little bit that some of that was with Swift hurt and really Amonra St. Brown did not come on until Hawkinson got hurt. Right. So there's yeah. going to be some more targets to go around, you know, a uh, good thing that we wait until, you know, next you know, August, September for drafts. So we can uh, kind of simmer down here and, uh, and, and not get, not fall for those helium guys so much, but I bet he'll still be a fourth round pick with all that. Yeah. So, I mean, just a guy like that, that was available late in the season on waivers probably helped mm-hmm. you helped a lot of people win a championship. And I mean, there were other great performances that weekend too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about Rashad Penny. I yes. mean, he was a he was a playoff hero that was also on waivers. You know, I got him for a pretty minimal fab bid in, in one week. You know, he was a guy that again wasn't held, wasn't rostered anywhere. I mean, he had he had the pedigree, of course, but he had never really put it together. Finally, gets his shot while healthy, and uh, you know, you're taking him over uh, you know pretty much most a lot of first round RB twos. You know, in, in the fantasy playoffs, so really it was wild. You had to stick with it to the very end. I also, I mean, Najee Harris helped, and it was interesting because I, a guy that I work with was watching that Monday Nighter, and he had a lead, and he's like, well, just watch this. Najee Harris is going to, like, score a touchdown or something like mm-hmm. that. Right at the end, yep. when he didn't need to, he went off, scored a touchdown, and he lost a championship that way by, like, two points because of all yeah. of that happening. Yeah, that's the amazing thing about Najee Harris. I mean, I don't, we'll see, you know, how many years this can continue. I'm sure for at least a couple more. Yeah. But he runs so hard on every single play. And he invites contact and he enjoys contact, or at least he says he does. And, uh, you know, he's not letting up because it's the last play of the game and they got to run the clock up. He's still out there trying to run somebody over. So, of course, that's going to happen. And, and he's another guy that, uh, you know, what was pretty much a consensus first-round pick uh, this past year, yeah. you know, late first round, maybe. And it's going to be a consensus first round pick here. Again, of course, we have to see what the Steelers do with their quarterback situation. But whoever they put back there, whoever ends up back there, Najee Harris was one of the biggest volume guys in the National Football League. And that usage alone is going to give him, uh, you know, a first round pick, especially if he can somehow avoid the injury. 
All right, let's go over some fantasy awards uh, this year. We'll hand out some hardware here. And who are you going to go, MVP? I mean, is it Jonathan Taylor, or do you have another one you're thinking of? See, it's really between two guys. It's, it's between Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Yep. Because uh, in half-point PPR, and I'm sure definitely in full PPR, in half-point PPR, Cooper Cup uh, led the way uh, by about 14 fantasy points on Jonathan Taylor. And the two of them collectively had 40 more or so more than the next guy which was Austin Eckler here. So, uh, you know, those are the kind of guys that are going to be in the running here. Um, as great as Cooper Cup season was, though, I think I have to give it to Jonathan Taylor just because of the positional scarcity factor. The fact that, you know, every down, yeah. I mean, he wasn't even an every down back. He just produced like one necessarily. I mean, Hines got in there a little bit. But to find somebody like Taylor, like Najee Harris, that captures such a high percentage of their team snap share in the backfield and such a high percentage of their carry share, and then executes like this on a game-to-game basis. I mean, the Colts are set up perfectly, you know, a defensive-oriented run-first team for Jonathan Taylor to continue to succeed. So uh, it's not just my uh, University of Wisconsin bias here, you know, <laughs> watching him at Camp Randall for all those years. Um, he is – yeah, I mean, we'll pre- I don't want to spoil the preview of next year's round, but yeah. you can make a very, very good case that he is the top overall pick in fantasy next year. But you did too. You made a great point with Cooper Cup too, especially now. I I see where you know what you're talking about with the scarcity at the running backs because if you don't have mm-hmm. them, yeah, you're you're going to be done. But where Coop was drafted too, I mean, he was you know he was what you would say top probably five a fourth, to ten. fifth round yeah, pick. Exactly, I mean, he was right. Yeah. His ADP was right about the same as Robert Woods here, and I know there's a lot of fantasy managers out there that you know made the Woods call over Cup and it, yeah. it had been kicking themselves all year for it. But Jonathan Taylor. Remember at the beginning of the season when Carson Wentz got hurt and he was maybe going to miss a handful of games? Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of analysts out there were like, oh, I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to do it without a quarterback. Yeah. And he was sliding to the back end of the first round, um, you know, second round pick for a lot of leagues. And I, I'd even heard people, you know, in, in other recap shows be like, yeah, I got him with the first pick in the third round in mine or like uh, <laughs> like NFFC drafts do third round reversals. So you can you could end up. I mean, it is very possible you could have ended up with Taylor and Eckler at the turn this year and obviously won your league there because of it all right so we talk about the greatness of this year now the not so great the bust of the year i mean we've talked about quite a few of them do we call this the Allen robinson award do we call this the saquon barkley award i mean who are you giving it to yeah i mean i mean if it worked like say college basketball we're bust of the week you know, lined up over and over again, <laughs> yeah. and you had to pick the most bust of the weeks, then, of course, it would be Allen Robinson. And, and But there is a few ways to look at this conversation. Of course, you look at the guys that were busts because of injury, guys like McCaffrey, Logan Thomas, Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas. People thought he was going to come back after six weeks. And the late injuries like Robert Woods, DeAndre Hopkins. But I really like to look at the busts in a sense uh, that they actually played for most of the year yeah. and actively hurt you all year long. Because if <laughs> Christian McCaffrey got hurt, at least he's on your bench and you're putting someone else here. If a guy like Allen Robinson, if a guy like Chase Claypool, you know, they're healthy and out there, but they're actively hurting you most weeks. And the biggest example, uh, especially with respect to the draft capital that you needed to, to get him, uh, I have to go with Saquon Barkley as yeah. the biggest fantasy yeah. boss. There were a couple of okay weeks in there, but for an early to mid first round pick, to get you single-digit points so many weeks on an offense that just failed to move the ball consistently. I mean, if you drafted Barkley with a you know, fifth, sixth overall pick, 
you probably weren't oh. in the playoffs to begin with unless yeah. you somehow lucked into guys like up later on. Uh, but even if he were in the playoffs, he had a dreadful uh, fantasy playoffs there. I mean, the, you know, from week 15 on, 9.4, 3.3, 10.2, 6.4. So not only is are you not getting much, but he, it's very tough. It was very tough for fantasy managers to go ahead and bench Saquon Barkley just because of his name. And instead, they would let him actively hurt you all year. So can he bounce back next year? Will he be a buy low candidate? Maybe. I mean, this whole organization's a mess and they're going yes. through restructuring. He's definitely not on my list of first round picks. Absolutely not. You know, he might fall down to a late second, early third um, at best just because of the potential being there. But, uh, you know, given how much he actively hurt fantasy managers, I have to call him the biggest bust of the year. All right. There are a lot of great rookies this year. I mean, I, and I think they uh, set like a record with so many, you know, rookies with 70 plus receptions this year. And I know Najee Harris was thrown mm-hmm. in that with, with, uh, you know, Waddle and uh, all the others, uh, great wide receivers, Jamar Chase and others uh, this year. I mean, who do you pick as your rookie of the year uh, this year for uh, fantasy? Yeah. So um, funny enough, you know, I rank in my 2022 rankings, I've got Najee Harris about four or five spots ahead of Jamar Chase. But if I had to name a rookie of the year, I still definitely have to, um, I I have to give it to Jamar Chase. I mean, he was productive. There were a couple of dud weeks, but he was productive largely with winning weeks to get you to the playoffs. And then when you were in the playoffs, he won you your whole league in week 17. The one championship I was playing, of course, I'm naturally going against Chase. And uh, I mean, there, there was no recovering from that. You know, he gets 50 or 55 points, depending on, you know, half or full PPR. That is, you just don't recover from that. So a mix of a guy that you bought pretty low on because of all that preseason, you know, <laughs> rumors, can't, the can't the see the ball, yep. the laces are different. He's been off a year. I'll still say that's the biggest fantasy football troll job of all time. And I got caught by it. I'll be the first to admit. Um, but, you know, for a low price, he came and was an every week starter for you and won you your league. So rookie of the year has got to be Jamar Chase. And we'll go with a comeback player of the year. Uh, who do you think, you know, somebody that uh, really down season last year and then all of a sudden, uh, well, they came back with a vengeance this year and uh, now going into the next year, you, you, you're kind of weighing your options on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the one that comes to mind is in direct relation to Chase, and that's Joe Burrow. Yes. People tend to forget that he tore his ACL and MCL in week 11 last year, and he still managed to get back and ready for the opener of this season. And despite, you know, having an average draft position outside of the top 12 quarterbacks, he ended up finishing as QB8. So he was absolutely excellent. So uh, I think I have to give him, you know, comeback player. I wouldn't be surprised if the Associated Press does that too. But I also had written down, I mean, Rashad Penny. He battled so many injuries throughout the course of the year. And granted, he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't come on late. He wasn't somebody that helped you all year long. But he was also a very, very important piece of fantasy championship teams. And, you know, it was just amazing given, you know, he had hardly done anything at all for the first three years of his season due to injuries, due to just like timeshares in that backfield. It was really messy. And and at 25 years old, Rashad Penny is going to be very, very interesting what happens with his draft position position next year. So I got to give, you know, maybe I overlooked somebody else, but, uh, you know, and maybe there's some recency bias here, but Penny Mm -hmm. definitely deserves to be in that conversation with Burrow. All right. Now I know there's some people out there, they're nuts. They like to play playoff fantasy. I, I can't really, it's hard for me to get into it then at this point, because it's just, it's Mm -hmm. so much of a bigger unknown. And of course, obviously the pool Mm -hmm. of players is much smaller, but do you have any tips for anyone that is getting into it for the playoff rounds? 
Yeah. So the thing is, is there are so many different formats, right? I mean, if you're going to play like DFS, for example, it's fun to play on Super Wildcard Weekend. Yes. You'll actually have the most teams. Uh, I actually am in the middle of a slow draft right now. We do it just four people, nice and easy. And we take a roster of players and you get to keep their stats for as long as they're alive. So okay. that's the most common format that I've been doing lately. And uh, obviously in that situation, um, you want to take players on teams that you think are going to do well and go really far. So the biggest stacks so far, I mean, obviously the Packers, uh, you know, some another Packer fan reluctantly took all bucks because I was sniping Packers in front of them. Um, and then there's a lot of Bill stacks happening here, Bill stacks and Chiefs stacks. And, uh, you know, quarterbacks being the highest scoring position in fantasy tend to go tend to go early in this. So, you know, we had Mahomes, then Kelsey go and then and then Rodgers and, uh, you know, Josh Allen was uh, I'm sorry, then Rodgers, then Tom Brady. And then, you know, Josh Allen was shortly after that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you definitely you, you stack up the players on the teams you're going to win. You know, if you do the best player available, your roster is all scattered all over the place. Not everybody's going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You, you lock on to one of the Super Bowl favorites. Sometimes you have to let the draft come to you and then you just load up on that team. And that's the best way to uh, guarantee. Uh, well, I mean, of course, nothing's guaranteed, but that's the best mm-hmm. way to set yourself up in a position to be successful here in that type of fantasy. Are there others? I mean, I've seen other sites try to do um, where you set a lineup every single week of the playoffs. Okay. And uh, you can only use that player once. Yes. Yeah. And and then they're done. So you have to think about, okay, do I want to use my chiefs this weekend, for example, or do I want to save them for later on? And uh, so that's another, that's an interesting, you know, challenging format too. So it's all out there. If you're interested, there are plenty of ways, you know, to keep the ride going here. I mean, I, I'm definitely not ready to quit on fantasy. That's for sure. <laughs> well, if you're not, if, if you're not going to play the playoff format, obviously you're already thinking about the draft next year. I, I know I have guys in my dynasty league. They are already mocking for next year. They're going over things as, you know, of, you know, counting down who they think who's going to keep who and then after that mm-hmm. go from there. But, you know, let's get way too early draft projections uh, for next year. I know we kind mm-hmm. of alluded who might be running back one off the board, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, let's get into it. Is he the guy? Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say that he is the guy. I mean, the team situation isn't going to change a whole lot um you know he's still young enough that we don't have to worry about too much tread on the tires yet although he did get quite a few carries at wisconsin but he looks healthy and explosive he's the clear-cut number one guy and i I will say here real quick before i jump down the list um i mean it's not going to be long and and sites are going to start opening up best ball contests yeah people will start best ball drafting in february here at rotowire we're going to do our projections they typically drop two weeks after the super bowl and then we start launching our app and software after that because you're right, people can't get enough here. Yes. So, and and the question is, after JT, what happens here with the draft? Now, yeah, there are a couple different ways you can look at the number two spot. I have seen some early contests, some early mocks where people go ahead and take Cup there because, you oh, know, okay, of course he had he had way more points. Now, I'm not a huge proponent of that for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it's the positional thing. If it's my personal rankings, I'm taking Eckler second. Yeah. Uh, you know, hoping he can stay together. I think Justin Herbert's the real deal. I mean, even in that game against the Raiders that he lost, he was constantly making tough throws and finding his guys on third and fourth down, big-time conversions. I mean, he is a good player. That offense is going to continue to be very high-powered, and Eckler is the key cog in that. So uh, I I could see Eckler being number two. And now the reason I don't – another reason I don't take cup two is, again, now this all depends on whether Rodgers stays or goes but I still think uh, Devonte Adams is the more skilled mm-hmm. player between the two. And uh, 
if he stays together another year with Rodgers, if you're going to go first-round wide receiver, I think it has to be Devontae over Cups. So I kind of yeah. put Devontae Cups 3-4. And then we start to get back to the usual suspects. And there are a lot of moving parts in this area here. I mean, Alvin Kamara and Delvin Cook, uh, they're, they're still going to be largely workhorse backs for their team. They're backs that catch passes. They're huge parts of their offense. Uh, you know, I know they weren't you know necessarily league-winning picks, but they also weren't necessarily league losing picks this year. So, uh, you know, if you took them in the first round, you can't be super disappointed minus maybe a couple of missed games. But you put yourself in an OK spot for the playoffs here. And uh, and then after those two, I mean, you have Najee Harris, his volume, his young, yeah. uh, his youth, is, of course. It's just it's a quarterback situation. What are they going to do there? Are they going to bring somebody in? Uh, what's that going to look like? So that's why he's not ranked higher. Then you start to think about, okay, what happens when Derrick Henry returns in the playoffs yes, here? How is yeah. he going to look in the playoffs? In the playoff draft I did, and it took a few times through the snake for Derrick Henry to get taken off the board here because people aren't sure a little bit, but he's going to answer a lot of those questions. And depending on how these playoffs go, you could make him the third or fourth overall pick, especially if it's a standard league, or maybe he falls to the end of the first round if he doesn't get the reps out there. Um similar guy returning from injury you know maybe you learned your lesson maybe you didn't but I still think Christian McCaffrey is a first round pick based on what he can do when he is out there on the field you know maybe if he has one healthy year mm-hmm. it would surprise me zero if he ended up finishing as RB1 here so that's kind of where we're at and then things start to uh you know it, it, it gets muddy a little bit yeah You're looking at guys like Joe Mixon Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel both of those guys I mean Debo Samuel Despite I think he missed a game or two, Samuel is still the fourth highest fantasy score in half point PPR. Mm-hmm. And then if they give him dual eligibility, I was just going to ask you about that too. Yep, he definitely ends up being a first round pick. So uh, you know the first thing I tell anybody new to fantasy is to know your league's formats and your league's rules. And I'm going to have to add another little byline in that to be like check out on the dual eligibility of guys like Patterson and Debo Samuel, see what your how your site is handling them. Cause that's going to affect your rankings. And that's something that doesn't necessarily uh, can be taken into account mathematically when you're putting in your settings and trying to get custom rankings here. So those are a lot of names I'm thinking of in the first round here. That's roughly how I see that first round going. But again, based on, you know, the quarterback situations on some of these teams, uh, how Henry looks returning that's going to change that's going to be the biggest factors driving rankings changes here as we uh, march towards the 2022 opener and with the eligibility I think what was it I think the GM in Carolina said well we might want to have McCaffrey play a little bit more in the slot so then I'm like well that could be interesting too if he were to get a wide receiver (laughs) even though he's been running back if if some league out there designates him as a wide receiver how would that flip things around yeah I mean if I I would actually be very happy if I uh, spent a first rounder on McCaffrey and ended up used in that role. I mean, of course, you still have to give him some carries here, but I think that increases his chances of longevity and increases his chances of actually playing 15 or 16 games in the season. And I mean, hey, they have Chuba Hubbard on the roster. He didn't look terrible here in the second half of the season. So they've got other options that can help carry the load there. So, uh, so hey, um, that would uh, that would help. I mean, less carries is a little bit of a bummer, but I'd rather take you know five six less carries a game, knowing he'd play the full season. So uh, so I, I only see that as a positive. I got to ask you too, with the coaching changes being affected, uh, Chicago, uh, Minnesota, New York, Miami, you know, all out there. You know what's going to go on in Houston. 
And, of course, Oakland. I mean, that's also another thing to play in effect, but we really will not know until preseason or even next year how they're entirely going to use these guys. Yeah, you'll be able to read all the reports and everything, but we really won't have a basis on how much that's going to affect the game plan and mm-hmm. you know draft strategy for these guys until basically as we get closer to uh, week mm-hmm. one next year. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I, I tend to make the assumption that coaches, for the most part, know what they're doing. And every once in a while, a guy like Urban Meyer just completely <laughs> defies that. But, um, I mean, whoever comes in for Chicago is going to have to use heavy Montgomery. He's going to be a pretty good player. I think he's going to be right on the edge of that tier, prep maybe a second or third round pick. Um, and and he'll uh, he's the best offensive player on that roster. Maybe Fields can get there. He'll go in there. His value won't change. You know, looking at the Vikings and Zimmer, it's interesting because Zimmer over his tenure there has had some of the highest run splits in the National Football League. And if you get a coach that wants to air it out a little more, I mean, again, you have to realize the limitations on your roster and realize the limitations of Kirk Cousins um, to be you know, to be able to do that. I mean, you want your game plan to be run heavy. Does yeah. he lose a carry, carry in a half a game? Maybe. It doesn't – I generally think that some of these – unless you get an Urban Meyer in there to completely gum up the works, some of these changes don't do a ton um, – for uh, you know the player rankings for me, you know, I, okay. and I guess I have to see some of that in action. But I, I tend people want stories to write about in the yes. offseason, like what's the fantasy impact of this new coach, and they make something up that isn't necessarily there all the time. So that's kind of my stance on that. You know, it can absolutely you know affect things, uh, but to bank on that is really tough. Yeah. Well, you know, let's get to the real playoff talk now uh, with these teams out there. Of course, we're cheering for the green and gold. It's nice to see them off this week and figure out who's coming to Lambeau uh, in uh, two weeks here. So, uh, I mean, do you think they have what it takes to win it all? I mean, obviously, it looks like they have what everything that you know they need. Mm-hmm. But this is this is where we get nervous, right? Because we've seen yeah. it now for the last two years. And we're like, oh, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Is this the year they finally break through? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the year that we're supposed to win it, right? Yeah. And I'm definitely not going to come here on a Y100 affiliated show and <laughs> pick anybody other than the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl here. And 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 that's not even a homer pick by any means because, you know, you look at some of the money lines for the Super Bowl, you know, MGM, DraftKings, you're at plus 380. And then, you know, the Chiefs are second at either like plus 450, plus 500. So a decent gap there in terms of uh, of the favorites here. And, uh, you know, the Packers have looked pretty good lately. You know, I throw week 18 out, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they look good when, they, when, they, when they're putting everybody there. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll appease to the Marvel fans back there. Like, uh, thinking in Endgame, when everyone comes through the portals here, all of a sudden <laughs> Jair Alexander's back. All of a sudden David Bakhtiari's back. You know, maybe something happens with Zendarius. We get more of him than we expected here. It's like we're getting, it's like, do we want anybody more? So you're taking a good team already and you're boosting them with incredible contributors, especially on the offensive line, which is only going to help. The bye week is also going to help, you know, Aaron rest that toe up a little bit. Um, This is, I mean, this is the year, you know, yeah, I can't, I can't really pick anybody else. They seem to be set up the best for that. Now, of course, that all being said, um, you know, I've seen fluky worse things. I mean, we've seen so many heartbreaking losses in the playoffs yeah. as Packer fans. So, you know, if you have to look at other teams to possibly do it, um, you know, I think obviously the Bucks are our biggest threat here in in the NFC. The Cowboys, you know, the record's there. 
but I think Rodgers is going to be able to exploit that secondary pretty badly uh, for Dallas here. You know, they're opportunistic. They they try to jump. They're too aggressive, and it burns them, you know, especially with the, uh, you know, with Diggs, the league-leading interception guy. Mm-hmm. That comes at a cost, and Rodgers is going to be able to take advantage of them. So I consider the Bucks, of course, the biggest threat, even with their injuries on offense. They are getting Leonard Fournette back, and Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. So, uh, and, and I mean, geez, even Scotty Miller burned us last year, right? So yes. Tom Brady can figure it out. He's our biggest competition there. And on the AFC side, the Titans are interesting because, yeah. you know, if they get Derrick Henry back, how effective is he going to be? You know, they always play tough defense, but I still think the, uh, it's, the Chiefs or the Bills are going to be the favorites to come out of the AFC and then a tier below, you know, again, I, I still put the Rams and the Cowboys in the tier like below. And then after that, I'd be surprised if anybody else won, yeah. won at all. You know, could they win a couple games, maybe even get there? Sure. But, uh, you know, it's it's really the teams I mentioned here. Cincinnati's a little too young. I don't know if I trust, you know, Arizona's whole system there to uh, to get it going. Patriots, I don't think just have I don't think they have the roster yet. And then you've got guys like the Raiders, Eagles and Steelers that just barely snuck in that I don't really see going on extended runs, not really having the quarterback play to do that. Is it? I don't know why I'm getting the fear, but but can can the Eagles just knock off the Buccaneers so we just don't have to worry about it? I mean that that's I'm I'm pulling for Philly so they can come to Lambeau. I just the the whole you know mm-hmm. Brady thing again. I guess I'm having bad flashbacks of last year, but yeah, I I just I'm pulling for the Eagles so we just don't even have to man, you know, deal with it. Oh man, I mean, I, I'd absolutely <laughs> love that here. I mean, the Bucks are eight and a half point favorites. So yeah, that is actually uh, well, it's the second biggest uh, after Pittsburgh for this uh, wild card weekend here. Can the Eagles do it? Um, I mean, Hertz has got to come out and play the best absolute game of his entire life. He's got to run around, scramble, score two with his legs, throw two, catch Devonte Smith with his arm. And the Bucks basically have to come out and play like they did against the Jets, right? But they um, did against you know. Washington last year. I mean, that's my whole thing is, remember last year against Washington, Taylor Heineke almost beat him in that first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's certainly possible. I won't rule it out, but I yeah. would not uh... – I, I mean, I, I, I can't bet against it. I mean, it, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, like I said, even without Godwin and even without, uh, without Antonio Brown, you know, <laughs> he's still got the foundation of Mike Evans and Gronkowski. And then he just makes these other guys better. Yeah. Getting Fournette back and healthy, he'll catch some passes too. They've opened up that dynamic of his game, uh, you know, in an impressive fashion. Uh, man, uh, obviously I'd love to see them go down, but I just, I can't make a logical argument for that happening. Philadelphia, I don't, I don't think Hertz and Brady head to head. I mean, there there is no competition there. Hertz is a little bit too loose and careless with the ball yeah. at times, and uh, you know, I I don't know if they'll be able to put up enough points to keep up, but we'll see. I'm just hoping for it. I just I, I don't know. I mean, who do you think comes here? Then is it the Rams or is it the Cowboys? I mean, who do you think? Um, oh geez, I'd have to look at the uh, looking at the bracket. You know, it depends on how everything shakes out. Um, I would love to see the Cowboys come because yeah. of the matchup thing yeah. that I mentioned. Yeah. And I think the Cowboys play the Rams. Um, I can, I mean, the Rams are pretty big favorites against the Cardinals this weekend. I could see them being one and done though. Um, I'd love to see somehow the Cowboys get there. Um, but you know, that's gonna be uh, that that's gonna be tough. They'd have to knock off you know the Bucks yeah. or whatever, presumably yeah. here. So, um. So yeah, I guess it's probably the Rams that we'll see as the lowest, yeah. uh, you know, the lowest remaining seed here, and uh, you got to like our chances there, <laughs> given um, you know, given what happened at Lambeau earlier this year. So Odell will punch another room uh, hole in the wall in uh, Lambeau potentially this year again. 
Oh man, that would be that would be amazing. The, those walls must just really yeah. be provoking him. It's it's tough. Well, there must be the paint job or something. He could have been a member of this team. He just he didn't want to. I mean that that yeah, would be I know. funny. That'll make it all this all the all the sweeter to knock him out. Yeah. And, and you know to your to your point about the Bucks, like yeah, I I would prefer to not have them come to Lambeau Field, but. Wouldn't it be nice and sweet if we were the ones to knock them out and shut Brady down and yeah. go to the Super Bowl instead? It, it, it would feel a little bit better and more meaningful than knocking off, you know, the Rams or or even the Cowboys. or A Cowboys matchup at Lambeau would be great. Well, see, the Ice Bowl rematch yeah. with McCarthy. I think I'm flashing back to the 90s where the Packers could never beat the Cowboys. I, I mean, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that's going through my – I'm stuck on that. And we the, the way we got to the Super Bowl is we didn't have to play the Cowboys because the Panthers knocked them off, and then we, we beat them when we finally had home field at Lambeau. But, uh, you know, you're right. And Rodgers, he has said that, too. It, you know, it's a different year now with the full fans in the stands. They're, you know, they're not going to be able to yeah. make those calls like they did last year and, and make exactly. that Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Brady's not going to be able to audible like he does, and that's such a big strength of his game. I'm glad you brought that up because that is a fantastic point. I was at the NFC Championship game last year, and uh, it was eerie. Uh, you know, it yeah. was. I was I was happy to see Lambo. You know, to to not break my you know 15, 20 year streak of at least going once a year. Mm-hmm. But man, was it weird to to just go there and you know the crowd got a little bit going. You know, as much as they could. I mean, they showed out given the numbers there. Yeah. But you know, just even the first game I went to this year was Monday night against Detroit, and people were going nuts, and they kept up that energy through every other game I've been to this year. Yeah. And I gotta imagine that that. You know, in a game that was already pretty close to begin with, you know, you're, you know, you take that big momentum point Scotty Miller thing out and, you know, you have a really, really close game. Even with that, it was a close game. I think the crowd and the energy at Lambeau could definitely make the difference. So thank you for bringing that up. That is a great point. Well, again, thank you for joining us all year long, helping us out. And of course, if people are playing the playoff fantasy, you can look for that at rotowire.com. And of course, if you want to get ready for next year, you'll have all that stuff, like you said, available soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We launch all these products just a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. I mean, I've, I and it, and if you are doing a playoff draft, I, I would like to mention, you know, we do have a, a rankings by position cheat sheet that are geared for the, those formats, the more common one. I mean, text two or three of your friends, you know, you throw a little kitty in and uh, and, and you have a good time coming, you know, with the playoff things. So we got your player list here and of course, all your injury information. And, and like you, like I said, not too long. It'll be just a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, we'll be going live with the 2022 NFL draft kit. It's exciting times. We've made football a year-round sport here, and it's because it's what the fans want. And you know, you can't deny that. So it's uh it's great to be doing this. It's great to be doing the show with you. Um, hit me up during the offseason if you want to talk free agency. Yes, we'll uh, have you know, to. drafts, that kind of thing. You want to do positional previews. I'm always happy to come on. You know, being from Oshkosh myself, yes. I, love, I love going on the Y one hundred affiliated show and uh and and, you know getting out there and and reaching some people back in my hometown and and hopefully helping you guys out well you have jake thank you so much once again and you know best of luck in the plant playoffs here and uh continued success with everything at rotowire yep right back at you pj and go pack subscribe to the fantasy football zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it thanks for listening to the fantasy football zone podcast